to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hang out, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. Well, welcome to another Piney Pastors podcast. I'm Steve Hopped, one of the pastors at Piney Ridge Church, and I'm joined by, you say your name when I point to you, Jason Myers and Nathan Smith. And they also are pastors at Piney Ridge Church, and it is my privilege to serve with them, uh, men that I respect and admire a great deal. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I... Um, Today we are going to Starting talk about a, uh, a sad topic, mm-hmm. which is uh, the news that came out regarding Ravi Zacharias. And uh, so first of all, uh, Nathan, just in case some people that are listening don't really know who Ravi Zacharias was, uh, would you just give a brief rundown? I'll try. I... <clears throat> Excuse me. I am not extremely familiar with Ravi Zacharias. Um, I know that he is, was rather, an apologist, one who um, publicly defended the Christian faith, um, debated atheists and people of different religions. Um, I think I watched a portion of him debating uh, with a Muslim. Um I don't know much about his origins, where he grew up, his, uh, you know, his how he came to his background profess story. faith in Christ, nor how his ministry developed. <laughs> I just know what it developed into, that it was a worldwide organization um, where uh, he traveled all over the world doing conferences and having debates, um, defending the Christian faith, and then the ministry also trained, raised up, and employed a number of other apologists who were international, um, did international travel and conferences and so on. Well, so it was a, I don't know how big of an organization, but it was a very big, very well-known, um, and I would say very influential organization. Okay. Jason, anything to add on that? Um, no, I mean, just just that uh, he was... Um, personally instrumental in my life. Um, I've listened to his messages, um, his debates, read some of his books. Um, he was an author, apologist, and evangelist. Um, and I mean, for decades now, um, he's been doing this, and I've been benefiting from his his teaching and his messages. And every chance I um, did have, um, I was always encouraged and helped by what he had to say. Yeah, Yeah, I had not watched or heard much. uh, I don't know that I've read anything, maybe an article here or there or something, but um, I watched him within the last, uh, well, it was last year sometime. Um, He was interviewed by the Rubin Report. Um, Not a believer, uh, but he interviewed Robbie for his uh, YouTube show. And I was very impressed. I was thankful to have such a voice witnessing for Christ Mm -hmm. in that secular uh, forum because he was so uh, winsome, just compelling, gentle in the way that he spoke, but very forthright in proclaiming the gospel. And um, And literally his voice was easy to listen to, his accent. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. And then uh, Ravi passed away, what, how long ago? Last year. Last year. Okay. And so um, it, late in his life, I think 2018, some accusations were made against him by a woman or maybe several women, uh, which he uh, denied of, of sexual impropriety, mm-hmm. of uh, adultery and, and other things. Um, to which he denied. And he denied those and, uh, and then uh, and apparently went to his deathbed denying them. And then uh, after his death, uh, an outside organization was invited in to do a thorough investigation and just recently came out that uh, was even more, there was even more to tell than, we, than, than had been at first known. Some very distressing news that, uh, mm-hmm. of, of his actions and the actions that he took to try to cover up his sin and uh, the denial of his sin. And so very disheartening uh, because, as you said, Nathan, uh, he was, he was a, an outspoken uh, advocate of the and gospel. well-spoken. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said, Jason, he's been influential in your life. And so when these things happen, it's, it's, it can be devastating, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, we wanted to talk. We'd had several people in our church uh, talk about it to us, and so we thought we ought to respond to this in a podcast. So uh, first of all, uh, how do, what is, do you think, uh, the biblical way and Jason, I'll give you first crack at this, to respond when we hear of a Christian leader who um, sinned and uh, denied that he had sinned to, to his wife and to his organization and, and attempted to cover it up. Uh, what should I be our response? I think it should be multifaceted, but I'll just point out <clears throat> first. Jason, I, could I just say that I would yes. be disappointed if you didn't think it should be multifaceted? Thank you. <laughs> I, I won't alliterate it, though. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, first is to lament. Amen. I think we should be sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only for that person in their sin, um, here, Ravi, um, but we should be sad for all those he hurt. I think we should lament the fact that he uh, victimized people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad for how his wife and his family, how it, uh, and his ministry, and all the people that were trusting him and following him, um, it's his sin had greater effect than just on him. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, I, I think it should just make us very sad. And, and to uh, lament <clears throat> just the, the black mark against Christianity. Christ. Yeah. Right. And, the, and more importantly, as you just said, the name of Christ. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, secondly, I think that in addition to lamenting, we should be angry. I think mm-hmm. that sin um, is something, if we're not angry at sin, um, what should we be angry at, right? Like yeah. that, I think we should be uh, angry when um, people sin, in dis- and especially in destructive ways, and especially those whom um, are trusted and are in leadership and have uh, power and authority and ability to, to bless, and yet they use it to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that one of the things that makes me the most sad and the most angry about Ravi's um, sin here is the fact that he 
often did it in the name of Christ. Yeah. Like he um, would groom his victims by um, and manipulate them by saying, well, I'm under such pressure and such stress for being a servant of God. And um, there are thousands of souls hanging in the balance and you need to help me. And if you tell anybody um, and would, would threaten them with <clears throat> not physical violence as much as with a, that spiritual culpability, like, yeah. as if he could do so, but that it was on the you know the people's souls were in their hands and if they were to destroy his reputation so many people would be lost and it's just it's sickening yeah. um so i think that that should cause us to lament and be angry yeah it is sickening uh and i think that it's also as pastors for us it's it's it makes me sorrowful wondering when things like this happen what do people think about my leadership and can they trust me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and wondering whether there are people who don't trust me as much because of, of what other people and, and, you know, let's just say that we are all sinners. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and we need, uh, and so that's, that's kind of where we want to, to go with this. Uh, what, what does th- what do stories like this, uh, reports like this, teach us as pastors? What, what are some things that, that we need to do and, and also maybe some overcorrections that we might be wise to avoid? Yeah. Well, uh, I think that as I've read some different articles and, <clears throat> and learned more about Ravi Zacharias and not just what has come out, but uh, some of the maybe things that should have been tip-offs that there was something wrong. And for some people, <clears throat> they were. Um, some people recognize there's there's some issues here that are unresolved. Even things like uh, that Ravi made claims to have doctorate degrees that he didn't actually have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when asked about that, he would be evasive. Um, in one instance I heard about, he, uh, someone who asked him that in, in public, he evaded the question and then made sure that he was never around that person again. At least that, that was their perception. Um, so uh, I think that, um, that kind of uh, pridefulness of wanting to present ourselves as something that we're not Mm-hmm. That's something that we are all humans are prone to, and maybe leaders more than most mm-hmm. um, of wanting to to present an image of ourselves that will cause people to respect us, to follow us all the more, to follow us more closely with less questioning, disagreement, um, and so I think that small instances of pride in our own lives of where we're um, telling a a small untruth to cover up something that um, to make ourselves look better Um, and we need to catch ourselves and and to catch each other as pastors and to be willing to be confronted by our wives and people in our church our kids even when Mm -hmm. if there's some small you know, seemingly small untruth about ourselves that we are 
telling something that we're trying to cover up just to make ourselves look better. I think that that, that small, those little roots can grow into um, major, major sin issues. So would you, would you agree that um, this, his sin here of sexual, being a sexual predator did not start with, it didn't just start there. Like that there, there was a path that he Mm -hmm. had to come come to walk down and that often, not always, but often it it starts with the kind of pride because you start to convince yourself and other people that you don't need accountability or that you don't have to, um, have all these safe, you know, safety guardrails and so so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, or, and, or, as he said to himself, that that he needs this and deserves this kind Mm -hmm. of, um, sinful activity. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, You know, Tim was an athlete in high school. Who's Tim? My son, Tim. Thank you. Uh, My son, Tim, Tim. was an athlete in high school. I guess he would probably say I still am an athlete, but uh, (laughs) uh, his baseball coach, uh, a godly man by the name of Mike Godfrey, uh, would preach to the kids. uh, One of his favorite things to say is, it's the little things, guys. It's the little things yeah. that lead to big things. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about baseball fundamentals. You know, he would be talking about, you know, the way that you approach a ground ball, the way you need to practice doing it the right way every time. And uh, just a little thing off in your fundamentals can lead to a big error. And, you um, know, oh, the Bible agrees with that philosophy. The Bible says that those who are faithful in little things will be faithful in big things mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, uh, and so, yes, we have to be on guard against what we might consider, as you said, Nathan, the little things and, and be on the lookout. I'm thankful for you guys. One of the things I'm thankful for is I know that you watch my life and I know that, that if, uh, you saw something that was out of whack, you would confront me with it. And, and so we have that accountability relationship with each other. But I, I think it's good, too, that you mentioned wives because that's one of the reasons that God has placed us, uh, those of us that are married in a, in a marriage relationship, is uh, to uh, give us an accountability partner uh, that, that watches us and knows us, uh, knows us very well and uh, is aware of things. And we need to be willing to listen and receive rebuke and admonition and exhortation and uh and i think that the in the small things when we i think one of the really really significant pieces for our spiritual health and therefore our pursuit of holiness and pursuit of christ is that when we do notice that we have failed in one of those little things you said that we see it as a big deal mm-hmm. and that we confess and we repent right Amen. so we, we don't wait we don't say well that wasn't that big of a deal um, the way I talked to my child there wasn't that big of a deal. The way right. I, I, I know I neglected my, my spouse here. I, I know I kind of cheated there or lied here. I thought that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Those things, um, I heard one guy once say that they're like little fault lines under the ground that can create, uh, make way for an earthquake. Yeah. And <clears throat> you want to make sure that you are um, keeping short accounts and mm-hmm. responding well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that this reminds me of the... Um, Another thing that we can learn from this, I think, is the importance of the local church, where mm-hmm. we have that kind of accountability. Mm-hmm. We have those kind of relationships where people can know. As from, I heard this uh, shortly after 
this news came out about Ravi, and I haven't heard anything different since, but I heard that he was not a part of a local church, mm. um, that he wasn't under the authority of any pastors, and wasn't, um, wasn't submitting to other believers in the context of the local church, as we're called to. And um, so while someone can be a part of a church and still sin in this way, mm-hmm. um, it it is wise for us to, to do as God has, has commanded and be a part of a church where we are under the authority of elders. Um, I know other, other um, ministry leaders... Uh, who lead parachurch kind of ministries. Whether it be a seminary or... Yeah, a, who still submit themselves to the leadership of a local church. And, and the I accountability of the brotherhood in that. Because yeah. when you're in a place of leadership, um, if you are the top, like Ravi was, where uh, it's easy for people to say, wow, we respect him so much, we trust him so much, so we won't ask him hard questions, mm-hmm. especially if when he's asked, he distances himself. Right. from those or pushes back against it it's like oh it's an unstated rule you're not allowed to question me yeah mm-hmm. um but in a local church that can't be the case right it shouldn't be the case i right. should say yes right amen um so how one other way that that i think we need to talk about that of a way of responding is was what if you were a person who came to know christ a person who mm-hmm. Uh, because of the preaching and or the uh, apologetics of Ravi Zacharias, uh, you came to know the Lord. Um, so I guess the big question is: is what does Ravi's sin um, invalidate all of the the teaching and all of the uh, good that he has done? I, I think that that's a it's a loaded question. On the one side, I would say, of course not. Um, it doesn't become untrue, mm-hmm. the things that he has said before, because he was a sinner and showed himself to be. <clears throat> but on the other side, when we ask, does that mean that his ministry was, uh, does it undo any of the good that he has done? Um, for some people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning that <clears throat> there was gifts that he gave to people, um, and now some of them women were going was this a way of him trying to manipulate me and groom me? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. Um, so maybe it wasn't good. Um, and I don't think we should say that I would have a hard time recommending um, everybody to go listen to Ravi right now. Right. Um, yeah. Not because of what he's, everything he said was untrue. I think that um, uh, I listened to it maybe with less discerning, less careful thought than I would now, but that I still don't believe that what he taught was untrue for the most part. Yeah. Um, so the gospel itself is still true. Um, but yeah, his ministry as a whole, it does put a shadow over it such that you can't trust it as much as you thought you could right. because you could not trust him. And I right. think we could even learn from the way that he uh, addressed, the way that he would uh, debate with with atheists and and as you mentioned muslims the way that he would present the gospel as you guys said in a winsome way in a mm-hmm. in a very convincing way there are things to be learned from that but i agree with you we listen now with a much more discerning ear yeah. and for the person who was saved um by god's grace through um ravi's ministry um that does not condone anything that ravi did um 
but neither does it condemn anything that he said. Mm-hmm. And so if you came to Christ through faith, uh, through Ravi's ministry, you still came to Christ. You didn't come to Ravi. Yes, yeah. And so <clears throat> whether it was through an unbiblical um, ministry in, in general, God graciously um, um, worked in spite of them to save you, um, mm-hmm. or whether it was through some imperfect, mm-hmm. sinful person, or whether through um, somebody you say, you know what, they are a great man of God, and they lived their whole life, and they were faithful to the end, and it would seem like that I could find nothing wrong with them. They were still a sinner, and you still came to Christ, not to yeah. that person. Yeah. Amen. So Jesus yeah. was not unfaithful. That's Jesus right. didn't do these sinful things Robbie did. Right. So right. we have to... See, there's a connection, but also a very, very important distinction. Mm-hmm. So you think Philippians 1, 15 to 18 would apply in this situation? Then, yeah. Where I'll, I'll read that. Uh, Paul says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Yeah. Uh, you know, some, some, they're all sinners. Everyone who preaches Christ is a sinner, but some have uh, given themselves over to that sin. Right. Some haven't. Uh, he says, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. Mm-hmm. And in that, not in the people, right? Right. But in that I rejoice. So and, we can, and that is not when he says that it's not in the pretense. It's not in their sinful motivations. Right. right. It's in the gospel itself. It's being in, preached. That, that the gospel is still being preached. Yes. Yeah. And so we can, I think, say uh, that we can rejoice that the gospel that was proclaimed by Ravi Zacharias is true mm-hmm. and lasting and um, and pure and um, and we can rejoice in that. Yeah. Well, at the same time, we are saying that um, that that the life, the hidden life of Ravi Zacharias, was a life that demonstrated a lack of genuine faith. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know. We were just talking about this, I think, before we started recording. Right. We don't know where Ravi is at right now, um, but we do know that what Scripture says about those who live in unrepentant sin. Mm-hmm. Um, that if where there is an unrepentant sin, um, that is an evidence that there is not genuine faith, and so <clears throat> we can we can celebrate that he proclaimed the gospel truly, but also lament that his life didn't apparently was uh, not in step with that gospel that he was proclaiming. Right. Yeah, and so when you look at the evidence, if you look at his, just his teaching, preaching, writing ministry, you would say, well, there's tons of evidence that he's a believer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at his personal, private, hidden, unrepentant mm-hmm. life, you say, there's no evidence. Right. And so it is quite a mystery for us, right. but God sees perfectly. Right, yeah. amen. And we, it's not up to us to, to know that. Mm-hmm. It's not for something we can know. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think that it could be... For those who really benefited from his teaching, it could be a temptation for us to say, well, I want to defend the fact that he was a believer because there, there, there's grace for him and there's grace for me and, and you want that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, for those, uh, for myself, somebody in leadership or uh, just uh, another man who is a sinner to say, I'd rather say that he is, was an unbeliever 
Because then I could say, oh, that was just a non-Christian. That's why he did what he did. So that could never happen to me. I could never go that yeah. way. Yeah. And I think that we need to be careful about <clears throat> stating either of those. And just being, let's say what he said, the teaching was true for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying that everything he said was always accurate, but that his teaching of the gospel, they, the gospel is still true. Mm-hmm. And the defense of the Christian faith, they're still logical. Um, and yet his sinfulness and his lack of repentance being evidenced, that was sinful. And um, we need to come in not prideful, saying, oh, I would never do that. Or it must have been because he was an unbeliever, maybe. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that. Right. Um, right. We need to, instead of being prideful, understand that the need for grace and understand the need for us to be sober-minded, mm-hmm. um, to be um, wisely um, under caution and guarding ourselves, um, having accountability, like you said, with the, with the local church, um, being vigilant to not only flee temptation, but to pursue righteousness. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, and to pursue it in a way that gives glory to Jesus and not ourselves. Right. And so I think that's the ultimate lesson. <clears throat> to learn from this is in our own lives, to examine our lives and uh, to ask the Holy Spirit to shine a light on our hearts and to uh, empower us to put to death sin, uh, to confess sin where it's there and be determined, as you just said, to pursue righteousness. Yeah. Um, because, Can I throw something in here real yeah. quick? Because you sound like you're about to wrap this up. Were you wrapping? Was, I, was I right? Do you have something else Did you want to say? Did I sense that? Well, just that I think uh, this is a a good opportunity for us to uh, think about what it means to confront sin and leadership within the church, Um, because there is um, there is a uh, a right kind of respecting of authority of those in leadership, Mm -hmm. Um, and some people take that to the to the point of saying, well, we should always give pastors the benefit of the doubt no matter what. Um, and that, in part, is why situations like this happen, where in in um, First Timothy, we actually have instructions, and I see Jason turning there, so I'll let him read it, uh, what Paul writes to, to Timothy. Yeah, First Timothy 5, <clears throat> um, I'll start reading it at verse uh, 19. He says, Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's, yes, there is a care that we should have about when charges are brought and how they're brought, um, but bring the charges if you have two yeah. or three witnesses right. bring the charges and or if or if you have a question just it's just yourself don't right don't bring a charge against the elder don't announce it to the church but go to concern. that person if you have a concern go to if you have a concern with me members of piney ridge church come to me and talk to me about it and and pray that i will you know if, if it's true that i will receive that rebuke mm-hmm. and and then if if someone brings something to an elder and that elder responds with anger, defensiveness, um, because that uh, that's what happened with Ravi. Apparently, when people questioned him about, "Hey, why do you have all you know mm-hmm. private private phone and you won't let anybody look at your phone?" and uh, these were he would you know 
angrily rebuff them and so nobody asked um so if that happens then go to one of the other elders mm-hmm. and say uh, i tried to bring this to nathan and he got mad and defensive and it's concerning yeah so it's following the matthew 18 right. yeah uh steps because uh, because we are pastors it doesn't mean that we're all not also fellow covenant members amen. Right. and brothers yeah. and sisters in christ with everybody else yeah mm-hmm. yeah amen yeah I just thought that would be helpful to throw in. It is. Um, it is. It is helpful. Thank you. <clears throat> Anybody else have anything? I want you to wrap, Steve. All right. Well, um, we hope that for anybody that's been uh, pondering this situation and wondering uh, what's the best way to respond, we hope this has been helpful. We pray that it has. And, uh, again, we just want to encourage you to uh, examine your own life and, uh, and pray for your pastors and, and examine your own life and repent of, of sin and, and then pray, pray, pray for your pastors. Yes. Amen. See you next time. Thank you for listening. We have a new podcast each week, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes. For more information about Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri, visit us online at pineyridgechurch.org. That's P-E-I-N-E, ridgechurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Piney Ridge. That's all for today. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning.